0: This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, podcast. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, on what led to him jumping ship from AEW over to WWE. Logan Paul weighs in on his WrestleMania experience. Tammy Sitch, better known to all of us as Sonny, involved in a fatal car accident. And Big Time Becks, becky lynch on being a heel i'm your host seth grimes and this is the pro wrestling podcast podcast Welcome, welcome, welcome into the show. Coming off the heels of a hot WrestleMania weekend. We got all kinds of shit to get into. And of course, arguably nobody had a better WrestleMania weekend than Cody Rhodes. Finally making his debut, his return at WrestleMania, under the brightest lights, on the biggest stage, as the American Nightmare. As Seth Frickin' Rollins' mystery opponent. It was a fantastic, historic return for Cody Rhodes. And, of course, after WrestleMania, everybody wanted a piece of Cody. Cody was making all the media rounds. And it was in this clip with Ariel Hawani, who always gets the best interviews, talking with Cody not only about his exit from AEW, but what it took for him to actually sign on the dotted line With WWE was there any special perks anything in particular that he had that he needed before he signed that dotted line check out this clip
1: around right did you need to hear something were there any guarantees that needed to happen for you to say okay I'm going to come over here and be treated the right way the way you want to be treated there wasn't there wasn't any true guarantees there was a request Uh, what was that I said I never I never want to ever see stardust ever again and uh, I never want to hear it and talk about I never I never want to see it and it was a handshake and that was all I needed and the first thing I did in the match last night was a random stardust reference and I thought what are you doing you're going back on your own strange request. but other than that it wasn't it's complex to get this all together and, and Maybe one of wrestling's biggest contracts, which I'm so flattered about. My gosh, and happy I have a child. So yeah, uh, but it was more a matter of I don't I don't not trust people, right? It's not a oh I I don't trust in this person's word or this person's words. But at this point in my career, I do trust myself. That was presented to me on a silver platter last night. I mean, it wasn't nothing changed. Nothing Kingdom played wrestling is more than one royal family and this is a world where wrestling the term isn't said that often so to hear that uh was a big um give uh from them and and to to be me uh it went ki- kind of how the dream was adrenaline
0: in my soul something something cody rhodes Cody Rhodes jumping ship from AEW as an EVP over to the WWE is a huge fucking deal for the WWE. They got a mega star in Cody Rhodes if they play their cards right. This was the same act that got Cody Rhodes booed in AEW because they don't like that WWE style, right? In hindsight, looking back. Cody Rhodes had a very WWE-esque presentation in AEW. He was a sports entertainer. And this is why the fans turned on him. They didn't like that big, wrestling has more than one royal family, and the the build-up and the preamble to his music, and he's coming up from the ground. All that was cool at first, but then it just kind of became a little over the top. And it almost became Heelish. And it almost became a WWE-esque presentation. Now looking at Cody in WWE, he fits like a glove. He feels like he always belonged there. He is the star that they need. And make no mistake, Cody Rhodes going to WWE is star power for WWE. They rolled out the red carpet for this man, they bought him a bus. They got. They let him keep his entire gimmick, his music, all of that. We're spoiled. We don't normally get to see that kind of shit happen. You know, very few guys ever get to keep their their same character. Essentially, their name, their music. You know, CM Punk gets to keep his music. Uh, Jeff Hardy apparently, you know, uh, was able to. They were able to obtain the rights to his music. But overall, this is something that we don't get to see very often in professional wrestling. Uh, You know, the AEW presentation of Cody Rhodes in WWE. I think they're going to use him great. You know, I think we all predicted that Cody was going to get jobbed out and going to get turned into Stardust again and going to get bumped back down to the mid-card. I don't think they will. I think they've built a huge investment in Cody Rhodes. I think... Him saying that Nick Khan was there as part of the deal, right? He had uh, Vince and Bruce and Nick Khan all went to go see Cody in Georgia to meet with him. Uh, to see, you know, to talk about coming to the WWE. And with Nick Khan being there, and, and Cody had specifically mentioned his name a couple times. So it sounds like Nick was one of the bigger people in the deal, uh, in making this deal happen, right? And this deal included getting him a bus. It included an obscene amount of money, according to Cody Rhodes. So this is the kind of move that Nick Khan is making. We've seen the kind of moves that Nick Khan was making before. This man is a genius, ruthless businessman. He's seeing Cody Rhodes as this AEW top star, a top get for AEW. And I'm going to tell you why he's rolling out the red carpet for Cody. Not just because Cody's going to do huge business for WWE. Look at the man. The way he cuts a promo, the way he dresses, the way his entrance is presented. This man is a superstar. He's a completely different person than he was when he was in WWE the first time. He has left WWE. He went away to reinvent himself, to better himself. And to come back and shove it in WWE's face. And I think that was Cody's plan all along. I I don't truly believe that he didn't intend to go back to WWE someday. I think his intention was to go prove his worth to WWE. Then come back and reclaim it. You know, I think he was hurt by his first run in WWE. He was hurt by not being a priority by WWE. And he wanted to go shove it in their face. And he did. And he absolutely did. And with Nick Khan being such a big part of this deal, not only just bringing Cody back as the American Nightmare, but the idea here, I think, is to not just for his star power in WWE, not just to freshen up the roster, but this is a key investment for WWE in the future of AEW talent going to WWE. It's no secret, it's been said, that they have their eye on certain AEW talent. Wardlow's been mentioned, Sammy Guevara's been mentioned, and of course, MJF's name has been thrown out there. So, WWE absolutely has their eye on AEW talent, and they're gonna try to poach them if they get the chance to, and they certainly will. I think Jade Cargill is gonna be another one. She just oozes fucking superstar, right? WWE could make a megastar out of her. And this is no knock to AEW because I am a huge AEW fan. I like them more than I like watching WWE. I've said that before. But they are the smaller company. And AEW is not yet on the level that WWE is as far as being able to create megastars. Household names, right? AEW is a great... They're the they're at the top of the the they're at the top of the scene in professional wrestling, right? They're right up there as the big leagues with WWE, but they're not mainstream household names yet, like the WWE has and has the power to do. And WWE, and specifically, I think Nick Khan in this situation is very Uh, They're very aware that the investment that they're making isn't just in Cody Rhodes, but it's in showing other AEW talent that if you come over to WWE, we will make you a megastar, right? We're going to give you the top five-star treatment. We're going to let you be who you are, which is laughable because MJF would never be MJF in the WWE. You know, he might get to keep his name. Uh, I don't know if he owns his music or not, but he's not gonna be able to talk like he talks in W or in aew, right. So I think that's the overall goal. I mean, Cody's a huge draw to WWE. Uh, there's a lot of worth in him just as a star. and and if nothing else was involved with this, signing Cody Rhodes and pushing him to the top of your card, is a fantastic investment, but they know what they're doing. And with Nick Khan being at the forefront of this deal, how many other contract negotiations have you heard Nick Khan being at the forefront of, right? How many recent signings have you heard of at the WWE where Nick Khan have physically flown to meet with this person? They're investing in Cody Rhodes as a star. They're investing as in Cody Rhodes as a way to lure Or show AEW talent that the grass can be greener on the other side. And I think it will be for Cody. I think, I don't personally think that he's going to start to get jobbed out or pushed down to the mid card of the roster unless he himself just can't live up to that level. But I think from everything that we've seen so far in the presentation, Uh, that WWE's given Cody and the way that Cody's been able to use it and take it and deliver, I think Cody's going to continue to be a huge star in professional wrestling. I think he's going to be a megastar for WWE, and I think that is going to be used as a bright, shiny beacon to AEW stars that are feeling a little froggy and think that they can be a bigger star and make more money if they hop on over to the other side. I highly urge you to go check out the full interview with Ariel Helwani. You can find it on his YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the clips, I have linked it below for you. On his own podcast, Impulsive... Get it? It's like impulsive, but with Paul in the middle instead of pulse. On his own podcast, Impulsive, Logan Paul talks about his WrestleMania experience. And talks about just how fake or real wrestling is. Check out
2: this clip. Awesome! It is yeah. electric when there's someone you love in that ring, and 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 doing those moves. Like by the way, <laughs> I didn't I didn't practice like any of those moves. I watched you train, but I didn't see you actually like. Pull the moves off. No, because it's because, you know, you're doing it on a that surface is hard. It is not bouncy. It is not a trampoline. There is no give. It is plywood. It's wood. And so everyone, you know, wrestling's fake. Shut the fuck up. That shit hurts. I am yeah. sore. The left side of my body kills me right now. Like those are real slams. It hurts. And um <laughs> you know when I was practicing you can't just, you know, in practice even do those moves cuz you're gonna you're gonna compromise your body ahead of the match. Yep. So you can do it on the crash pad as many times as you want, but like when I hit those those it's called the three amigos, three suplexes in a row, I, I had never practiced a suplex like that. I threw both my legs up, I'm fucking airborne. Sick. On the second one, on the second one, bro, I, my head snapped back. For sure, I go, I just got a concussion. I'm looking up at the lights of the Dallas stadium. I'm like, "Oh, no, no, whatever, dude. It's <laughs> WrestleMania. Turn over. And yeah, dude, the adrenaline's crazy. The crowd's going nuts. Something about the energy for a for a wrestling event and a boxing match is so different. So Re- different. Wrestling's more fun, eh? Remember I said it to you in the locker room before? Yeah, that fucking mat
0: hurts. There's not a lot of give to it, especially when you're not used to being a professional wrestler. You know, they talk about the callous that you build up as a professional wrestler to where you start hitting that mat and, and it doesn't affect you in the same way but if you're out with an injury and you're off for a few months and then you come back those first few bumps suck so for a guy like logan paul who does not do this for a living does not do this regularly has never done this as far as we know he even said in the interview or in his podcast that he didn't practice these moves you know, he might have did a few things on a crash pad or whatever, but a lot of it is just go out there and do it on the spot. And he's hitting that ring for the first time as a newbie to professional wrestling, as not a professional, though you wouldn't know it the way that he was presenting himself out there. He was a fucking star, right? Logan Paul killed it at WrestleMania. When he says, you know, I don't want to brag. I'm trying to be humble, but I'm good at this. He is good at this. He's very good. He's got it all down, from the character presentation, the look. Look at the ring gear that he had put together for this show. He looked like a fucking star with his goofy-ass Pokemon card around his neck. He looked so obnoxious, his headband. He fit right in with the Miz. You know, both of them are just the most obnoxious heels you can think of, right? So it was a perfect pairing. To take on the Mysterios, of course, you know, Ray, one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time. Logan did great. He did absolutely great. I know he's got a lot of haters out there. I know there's a lot of people that don't want to see him in wrestling or don't think that he belongs in wrestling. I know there's a lot of people that don't like when celebrities get involved with professional wrestling at all. They feel like it makes a mockery of it or that they just have no place. And and to an extent, I can agree with that. You know, when I look at a Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny nailed all the moves. He did great. Also, in the ring, you could tell he really practiced and he tried. But he doesn't look the part necessarily. And thus, I don't really believe him as uh, somebody that could kick somebody's ass. But with Logan Paul, we've seen him. He goes out there and has professional boxing fights with real professional... This motherfucker went the distance with Floyd Mayweather. And of course... I do believe that that whole thing was a work. I think that Floyd probably could have took him out a few points in that fight if he wanted to. He just wanted to go the full 10 rounds and put on a good little exhibition show. I get that. But Logan Paul still was in there and hung for 10 rounds. And he was able to dish some punishment out too. Floyd gave him props. He's a good fighter. You know? A nice little exhibition for him. So we know that, and, and Logan's had other fights as well. So we know that Logan has the chops to hang. He's got the body for it, right? He's built, he's tough. Um, you know, just from MMA circles and stuff, it's been said that the Paul brothers, both the Paul brothers, uh, grew up as farm boys, just like Brock, you know, hardworking, lots of lifting and throwing and hauling and, and digging and all of that shit. Builds up a fucking rock-hard, chiseled, strong body. You can see that when you look at Logan. So he looks the part. He's got the uh, history and, and the body of work with his boxing and such to show that he at least has a legitimate history in combat sports. So for him to go out at WrestleMania... To look the part, to show, to, to do as well as he did, to have the full character down too. He didn't just go out and was able to do the moves because he's athletic and look the part because he's built and he's got the muscular body structure and he's got the, the gear, the obnoxious gear with the headbands and the bright bumblebee jacket and all that. But the facials, the expressions, the the heel work, doing the three amigos, knowing that it's gonna get the crowd to boo him and, and just all of that shit. Man, he did so good. And and from listening to this interview, I get the feeling that Logan has the itch to continue wrestling. I think he wants to be a wrestler. Yeah, and we'll get to it in another clip, but he even you know has a conversation with Becky later on the show, Becky Lynch, about not wanting to be a heel. He wants to be a baby face. So I think Logan Paul has. Uh, has strong intentions of continuing to do this. I think we haven't seen the last of Logan in the ring, and I don't think we should. I think he did great. I don't think he made an ass of himself. He didn't look green. He he looks like he fits right in. He belongs there. Um, he's got the credentials to back it up. You know, uh, He belongs in a WWE ring just as much as, say, a CM Punk belonged in a UFC octagon, right? So... I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes next for Logan, and I, you know what, like as unlikable as he comes off in a lot of things, um, you know, just kind of getting to know him a little bit better, uh, digging into him as of late because of his interactions with the WWE and being a part of WrestleMania. I gotta say that I, you know, I, I like Logan as a as a person, and and I get where he's coming from and I can tell that he has a true love and a passion for professional wrestling, and I would love to see him keep doing more, keep doing his thing, wearing the bumblebee jacket, annoying the fuck out of the fans. It's where he belongs.
3: I hate juggalos. I fucking hate them. I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life, I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah, man, I'm I'm not into all that whoop-whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out! Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down! Uh, Cops! Fuck your sleep, fuck your sleep, fuck your sleep! The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit, run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? <sighs> yep. The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo Underworld.
0: Things continue to get worse for former WWE diva, Sonny, aka Tammy Sitch who has been in and out of jail and trouble with law enforcement over the last few years for alcohol and other various incidents. Uh, This time, unfortunately, Sonny was involved in a fatal car accident crashing into the back of a vehicle so hard that it killed the driver, a 70-some, I think 72, 70-some-year-old man. Sad shit, sad story. Check out this news clip from Florida.
4: At 4.30, we are getting a look at new documents from police detailing what led to a deadly crash involving former WWE star Tamara Sitch, also known as Sunny. It happened late last month on U.S. Highway 1 and Granada Boulevard in Ormond Beach. News 6's Lauren Cervantes joins us live now. And Lauren, what are police saying?
5: Well, police say this is the intersection It actually happened right about here on the other side of this median in this turn lane where this truck is actually right now. Ormond Beach Police say 49-year-old Tamara Sitch, a former WWE wrestler, crashed into the back of a car, killing its 75-year-old driver, Julian Lassiter. And according to the crash report, police suspect she was driving under the influence of alcohol, but say they are still waiting for the toxicology results to come back. The crash happened on March 25th just before 830 at night and according to a rendering in the report two cars were sitting at the light on North Yong and West Granada Boulevard. That's when police say Sitch rear ended a Kia Sorento and that Kia then hit the back of a GMC Yukon. Two people who witnessed the crash told police Sitch was driving at a high rate of speed when she ran into Lassiter's vehicle. The report says both Lassiter and Sitch were taken to the hospital for injuries and that Lassiter died. Police say Sitch could be facing criminal charges depending on the results of the toxicology and that they've requested an expedited time frame for that. For now, in Volusia County, I'm Lauren Cervantes getting results.
0: So the police do suspect that alcohol use was involved, but to be fair to Sonny, this has not been proven as of the recording of this show. Um, So no official charges have been pressed against her as far as... You know, drunk driving or manslaughter or anything like that. But um, this doesn't look good. This is not a good look. Uh, it was just a month ago, maybe, uh, or or close to that, where Sunny was just arrested uh, for drunk driving again. Uh, I believe she was ordered to have a breathalyzer installed into her car. One of those things that you got to start. Um, just sad. You know, I none of this is fun to report on it's news uh as wrestling fans you know we want to be aware of of things like this when it happens but Sonny I mean she's just it's just one thing after another with Sonny out there getting herself into trouble I don't know what it is with her is there she needs help right I'm not a fucking psychologist but the way that she's continues to get involved in drunk driving incidents and run-ins with the police. And just being an overall problem to society. You know, it's just fucking sad. It's sad to see. Uh, you know, I always loved Sunny when I was a kid. Um, you know, she was the AOL's most downloaded woman of 1996. And this was an era that had Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy... Sonny was a fucking star and she was big time in her era. And ever since she left the WWE, it feels like everything's just been a fucking train wreck ever since. I wish her the best. I hope she gets help. Uh, I hope she wasn't drunk driving. I hope it was just an accident. Uh, either way, you know, uh, the fact that like, how hard do you have to crash into the back of a car to kill the driver? Now, granted, the driver was an old man, but how hard... I mean, I get whiplash or something, but, like, how hard do you have to crash into the back of a vehicle to kill the driver and and injure another person? Crash into another vehicle on top of that. So, uh, just an all-around bad situation. I will keep you posted on this if anything new develops. You know, if Sonny does end up... Uh, Catching charges for drunk driving or manslaughter or anything pertaining to this incident. As of right now, um, you know, it's, it's just an accident, a tragedy that happened. But with police suspecting alcohol to be involved in Sonny's past, uh, this just doesn't look good. Big time Bex. Becky Lynch was also on the Logan Paul podcast, Impulsive, this week. Talking about being a heel in professional wrestling.
2: Check out this clip. I I, I uh I don't want to be a bad guy.
4: Oh, you don't want to uh, be a bad guy. I don't want to be a heel. Oh, you're so good at it.
2: I don't know. Do you like being the heel better than a baby face?
4: Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 Because <laughs> of that freedom, man. You can do no wrong if you're a heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do no wrong. They hate you. You're doing your job. They love you. <laughs> Great. I'm awesome. Um, so it's, it's fun. But then it is that thing. You got to remove yourself from, from the character because – because you know when it's your art and when you feel so connected to it this is this is my life man I'm putting my life on the line for you I'm putting my life on the line and you're telling me I'm no good at the thing I'm putting my life on the line to entertain you excuse me and you get that chip on your shoulder and that's fun too you know but when you go out there and 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 the crowd is just reacting and you're able to tell the story you're just telling a story and when you feel that when you feel them either loving you hating you Getting in into all of the moves, everything. It's a—it's uh, just, there's nothing like it.
0: Being a heel allows you so much more freedom creatively to just go out there and just make an ass of yourself. Becky Lynch going out there in these huge coats and these obnoxious outfits that she has. And, and just, I'm big time Bex. And just the whole presentation of it. It's so obnoxious. Both her and Seth Rollins, they must sit around and talk about how they can just be the most obnoxious people together. Because um, both of them are just, they're, they're almost too much to bear. They, they really are. But Becky, the fans don't want to hate Becky. That's the problem with Becky. You know, where, whereas with a Logan Paul, the fans hate Logan Paul. And they will always hate Logan Paul. Wrestling fans aren't going to ever have a respect for him. The motherfucker walks out with a Pokemon card around his neck. That's heel shit. But Becky Lynch, people love Becky. They want to like Becky. The whole thing with her and Bianca Belair was a shit pairing to begin with. I mean, a great match that they had at WrestleMania. And, and, you know, just as far as pairing the two up to for a match, the match was great. But the fans want to like both. So when you're trying to pit one as a heel against the other, the fans don't know what to do with that. The fans don't want to go full they don't want to go completely hard on on Bianca Belair because they're still fans of Becky Lynch they don't want to hate on Becky Lynch because they're you know so it's hard to get the fans to hate one over the other when they like both so it was a bad pairing for that I think they should go ahead and separate them from each other now And I think Becky should come back around to being a babyface because the fans don't want to boo her, no matter how obnoxious she tries to be. I highly recommend you go out and check out the full podcast, listen to the full interview. Lots of great shit in there. Um, Becky just seems so likable, too. You know, she seems like a fun girl to hang out with. Um, She's so chill, funny, relaxed. It's just great shit. (laughs) Mr. Tony Khan was on the Busted Open podcast this week shilling rampage and dynamite like he always does but in this particular clip tony khan had a bomb to drop another news bomb as tony khan always does but uh this one is very significant and could be a game changer check out this clip
3: well not only for aew but also internationally for new japan pro wrestling and uh of course today uh just finalized and just made this big announcement that AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage will be shown in Japan on New Japan World. Wow. It's another another great step in the partnership and we were just getting that finalized uh, and just got that squared away before I joined you guys today. So it's a, it's a huge milestone and another big step for both companies, I think.
0: This is a massive deal for AEW. AEW is not yet in Japan. They're not on Japanese TV. Of course, wrestling fans all over the world are marks, whether it's the United States or Japan. So certainly, Japanese wrestling fans are familiar with AEW and are probably able to seek it out in one way, shape, or another. But this is going to open up AEW's content to a whole new fan base. This is going to make them more widely available in Japan. This is going to expose them to... in in. Not just wrestling fans in Japan being able to be aware of AEW, follow along on YouTube or something. But this is going to allow them to follow along with the show. They're going to be able to watch each and every week as Dynamite and Rampage air on the New Japan World Streaming Service. This is just a huge deal. It's another way to spread AEW. It's a way for them to get their content out to other countries. Um, You know, they don't have the kind of TV deals and connections and and things of that nature that WWE has been able to establish all over the world, right? WWE is on TV in one way, shape, or another in all of these other major countries. But AEW is still trying to find their path. They're still a growing company. And they don't have content in Japan yet. But this deal with the New Japan world, the streaming service, this is a huge move for WWE. This is a huge move for AEW. This is a big step for them in growing their audience and expanding around the world. And just another sign that they're out there making big moves to be the big number two. You know, as if there was no doubt about them being number two to begin with. um, These are the kind of things that are going to continue to grow AEW and expand out into the world. And I love it. I love seeing this kind of shit. This is a smart move for them. It's a smart move for New Japan as well. Uh, having that kind of content on their platform just makes their platform that much bigger. right? If you're not already subscribed to New Japan World, I would say being able to watch Rampage and Dynamite's a pretty fucking big thing. Especially for people like me, I don't have cable. I'm a cord cutter, right? So I can't just turn on TBS and watch fucking Dynamite. Or, or TNT and watch Rampage. Now, with New Japan World, everything in one place. This is a huge deal for New Japan, huge deal for AEW, a great way to expand around the world and keep growing your fan base. And rounding out the trifecta of Logan Paul clips from the Impulsive podcast this week following WrestleMania, the three amigos of Logan Paul clips, if you will, Sasha Banks was also on the Impulsive podcast talking about her future in professional wrestling, aspirations for Hollywood. Check out this clip.
2: You do stuff outside of the WWE as well, and I'm assuming you have some sort of five-year plan to expand your arsenal, <laughs> right? You already did, uh, you were in The Mandalorian yes. last season. Yes. No, that's that's some, some, wow. some, some real Hollywood stuff.
4: Yeah,
2: Is more of this happening? Are you gonna break out and become that superstar of the world?
6: Uh, yes, I am. Let's go. Yes, I am. You know, it's, it's kind of really hard to do with the WWE schedule. I mean, when I shot The Mandalorian last year, it went from doing TV, doing live events, and then just getting on a plane, going to LA, shooting all week, getting on a red eye, going back to TV, putting my hair in, taking my hair out <laughs> for three months, mm. for three months, and it was just wow. So if I'm going to take over the world, it's like, I got to choose one or the other. And that's the hard part to think of because wrestling has been my life, my whole life. So when that time and the opportunity comes, it's like, I really have to to sit back and think like, what's next? You know, is it full-time Hollywood? Is it full-time, you know, doing something else that I, I, you know, I have passions about or is it still being here and, and making more history and changing the game and leaving a legacy that's. Forever cemented, but I feel like I've already done that.
3: Mm, You You know, I feel
6: like I'm already a Hall of Famer. I already feel like I've done all. So it's like, what is that last, last legacy piece that I can leave here? Mm. I'm still searching for Mm, it.
0: mm. It's boss time. Copyright Michael Cole. Yeah, Sasha Banks has a huge future in front of her in Hollywood, and and she's you know her saying that she's already a WWE Hall of Famer could rub a lot of people the wrong way but when you look at her body of work she really is if she were to quit WWE right now move on to become a Hollywood actress she's gonna get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame for her body of work that she's contributed you know like as a female performer like you're not gonna build the same body of work that say like a Triple H or The Undertaker had you know, the, light, the the shelf life of a female performer is shorter um, just because a, a whole lot of the female aspect is based on looks, right? You're not going to be able to have a, a, a woman out there wrestling in her 50s and 60s in the way that, you know, say like a, a you know, a Ric Flair could or a Chris Jericho is now, right? Um, so their shelf life is limited. And when you look at, Every I mean they could look at Mae Young, but I mean you we're talking WWE here. So this is Vince McMahon. He's not gonna put a fucking 60-year-old Sasha Banks out in the ring. So her time as an in-ring performer is gonna be limited as it is. And when you look back at her entire body of work from NXT up through now, there is absolutely no doubt in anybody's mind that she's a fucking full-fledged Hall of Fame. WWE icon for everything that she's accomplished starting in NXT that match that she had with Bailey right that that take over New York or to take over Brooklyn that they had one of the most iconic women's matches of all time I will never forget that match as long as I live the way that Sasha and Sasha and Bailey always work together so that's part of it but the things that they did to each other in that match the realism, the intensity, the way Sasha was just stomping on Bailey's hands and smashing up her fingers and stuff. And I think Bailey even said legitimately rebroke her hand at one point. Like, like it was an iconic match. And then she was involved in the first Hell in the Cell match. And she's been involved in WrestleMania main events as a woman, as a female professional wrestler. She's done it all. What's left for her to accomplish? She's been a women's champion multiple times. There's not a lot left for her to do. Except to go on and take that next chapter in life and go out and tackle Hollywood. She's already been in The Mandalorian, right? That's a fucking Star Wars property. That's on Disney+. Plus. Okay, that's a Disney property. You can't get much bigger than that. That's fucking star power. You put that on your resume like that you were in The Mandalorian and you're fucking WWE superstar and you're fucking Snoop Dogg's cousin. She's going to get all the Hollywood attention that she's going to need. And when the day comes that she decides that she does want to leave professional wrestling or at least leave wrestling full-time and maybe do appearances here and there, do some matches part-time, but go off and do Hollywood. We've seen it happen. You know, this is a true tried and true wrestling formula. We've seen The Rock do it. We've seen Hulk Hogan do it before him. You know, we're seeing John Cena do it now. Um, not everybody gets the chance to do it at that elite level. Even a CM Punk, who's dabbled in movies, hasn't ever reached the level that you know even a John Cena has at this point. But Sasha Banks has that ability. She has the look. She has the star power. She has the drive. She has the talent to go out and be a fucking Hollywood superstar. And I truly, truly believe it. And I think if any of the female roster, you know, I we could speculate on, on who the next big Hollywood star to come out of wrestling could be. Um, but if we're going to look at the female side of things... It's not going to be a Becky Lynch. It's not going to be a Charlotte Flair. It's not going to be Ronda Rousey. It's going to be Sasha Banks, the boss. Look at her. She's got star written all over her. And if she can continue to smoothly transition herself out of professional wrestling and are able to land herself some bigger Hollywood roles like she did with The Mandalorian, her star is on the rise and there's nowhere for her to go but up. And I really do. I really, honest to God, see her as a future WWE Hall of Famer and a huge player in Hollywood in major, major blockbuster movies. It's coming. She's going to be the first female to cross that border to break those boundaries that John Cena did and The Rock before him and Hulk Hogan before him. highly recommend you go out and check out the full podcast, Impulsive, with Logan Paul. Recapping Wrestlemania Weekend.
3: The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo Underworld. Written by Seth Grimes. Narrated by Henry Schrader.
0: So I was super excited this week when I busted open my podcast app and I saw Abdullah the Butcher. On Talk is Jericho. Of course, he was on the show this week talking with Chris because he's trying to raise some money for his GoFundMe. He is involved in a legal battle currently where he is being sued by an indie wrestler who claims that Abdullah cut him on purpose and by doing so had given him Hep C. Of course, Abdullah completely denies all of this. I don't know either way. I don't really have a dog in that fight. But it was fun to hear him take a walk down memory lane with Chris Jericho and talk about some of the bigger highlights in his wrestling career. One of which was working with Hulk Hogan, which Abdullah had the opportunity to do several times. And there was a point in time where Abdullah was contacted about possibly coming into the WWF to work with Hulk Hogan on top, back when Hogan was slaying monsters. Check out this clip. Did you ever
1: have any talks with uh, with Vince McMahon to come into the WWF? Well,
5: let me tell you something. I met I met his father. Yeah. And I like to. I was in Japan, and he was in he was in Japan. And he said he said Abdullah, I hear a lot about you. Hulk Hogan wants to wrestle you in New York, Mm. and you you'd only have to wrestle him and. Hogan told me the same thing, Abdullah, you just be working with me. Well, anyways, when it came time up, uh, they said, um, they asked some of the guys, what do you think about Abdullah coming into the thing? Oh, he's going to use the fork. He's going to do that, and that was it. Hmm. I never seen it, but he wanted to bring me in. Yeah,
0: I was really surprised to see that Abdullah actually had worked with Hulk Hogan in the past. You know, when I was a kid, I always did look at Abdullah as a fucking... He he scared the shit out of me. I think I first discovered him in WCW when he was working with Cactus Jack and he did the the, uh, electric chair gimmick and all that. Um, and, And Abdullah and Chris talked about this on the podcast that... Abdullah legitimately scared fans and made them think that he was some wild serial killer or something i truly believed this as a kid there are few wrestlers that terrify the fuck out of me still to this day and Abdullah the butcher is one of them even though i know that he's a sweetheart of a man i've seen plenty of interviews with him and all of that but when you look at his in-ring performance and isn't it always the case because you know stan hansen was a sweetheart of a man too That motherfucker will kill you in the ring. So, and I was surprised because Abdullah's always been so uptight about opening up about the business, right? He comes from the old school generation where you kayfabe everything. And I was very surprised to see that he had worked with Hulk Hogan in the past. I always thought he was just a fucking murderer. I'm shocked that Hogan would even agree to a match with him. And you see... Uh, And there's pictures out there of Hogan just bleeding all over the place from Abdullah. If Hogan would have been able to bring Abdullah the Butcher into the WWF at the time in the 80s when he was on his fucking monster run as the champion and he was just beating all of these monster heels He would have had a great little run there. He would have been able to come in, make a huge chunk of money, and he eventually would have put Hulk Hogan over, of course, and then Hulk would have moved on to the next. He could have did that without doing the fork. He doesn't need the fork to be a fucking effective monster heel. He just looks like a savage. He looks like a monster. He looks like a tall task for our American hero Hulk Hogan to defeat. And I think they would have done killer money. They really would have. I don't know that Butcher would have been somebody that would have been good to keep around for the long term. But just somebody to rotate in, work a program with Hulk, and then rotate back out. You know, Bruiser Brody was another guy that Hulk was wanting to bring in and work with in the WWF. That could have made huge money in the 80s. I'm glad that Abdullah the Butcher has been able to get the recognition in life that he deserves for the career that he's had because he really is one of the greatest professional wrestling stars of all time. When you make your list of like top 100 guys in the business, and and we're not talking workability or anything like that, but Abdullah drew huge money everywhere that he went. He was a star that everybody wanted to bring into their territory Because fans feared the fuck out of Abdullah. He was believable. And if you took your top babyface and you put him in the ring with Abdullah and you put him in jeopardy and you make people think that that man is in danger of losing his life, Abdullah's got the fork out, he's carving away your favorite babyface's head. That shit is brutal and it sells tickets. Abdullah was one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling history. He spent no time in the WWE. I'm glad he was able to at least be put in the WWE Hall of Fame, get that recognition. It's sad to hear now that he's broke, that he's having a hard time paying his bills. Um, it's sad to hear that he's being sued. I don't know much about the case. I don't know either way, so I don't really want to say I feel bad for him because I don't. I I just don't know. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and say. That, he, you know, just because he says that he didn't do it on purpose or cut the guy or give him Hep C doesn't mean that he didn't. The courts will decide all that. But it is sad to see that, you know, of everything that he's been able to accomplish in his career and all the success that he's had, that he's going to end up winding down the end of his days kind of broke and in courts and, and that sort of thing. It's just I hate to see that shit. I like the success stories. I like to see the guys that were huge stars in the business and were able to do something with that going forward. You know, Abby had, I think he had a wrestling school at one point. I know he had a restaurant. So, I mean, he was able to parlay his wrestling career into other businesses. Um, It's just sad to hear that he's in the situation that he's in now. Um, But I'll certainly continue to follow as well, you know, uh, if anything comes of this court case uh, one way or another. I think it'd be... uh, Interesting to kind of follow up on and just kind of see how this whole thing plays out. Could go either way. Best of luck to Abby. And, and, you know, I hope he's able to kind of end his life with some dignity and some money in his pocket. And I hope everything turns out okay for him one way or another. Seth freaking Rollins just can't seem to help himself from talking trash. Every time somebody puts a microphone out in front of him, this time directed at Meltzer in his Famous five-star rating system that he has. Check out this clip. I wonder what the star rating will be. I haven't <laughs> heard that <laughs> yet. Has anyone hit eight yet? Are we nine? Is he into the, the tens yet? That yeah, moron. Nobody cares. <laughs> I don't get why everybody's so hateful towards Meltzer. First of all, let's not overlook the fact that Rollins comes from the generation where he was probably a subscriber to Meltzer's fucking newsletter And he was probably a mark for his first five-star rating. I don't know that for sure. I'm speculating. But I would be if I was a wrestler, wouldn't you? We all come from that generation where we were raised up on Meltzer's reviews at this point. Right? I get the old-school guys that were trying to kayfabe the business all the time, not liking Meltzer. That makes sense to me because Meltzer was exposing the business. But at this point now, we're coming up in an era of showmanship where we're coming up in an era of the Meltzer driver for fuck's sake. Everybody knows it's a work. Everybody knows it's a show and there's no more over five-star rating than Meltzer's five stars, his star rating system in general. And I just, I don't get why even just beyond the the ratings, just the hate for Meltzer as a journalist in general, Uh, uh, The only thing I can attribute it to at this point, like I said, I understand the older generation not liking Meltzer because he's exposing the business. But at this point, it's just sour grapes, is it not? It's just people salty because Meltzer said something bad about you in one of his reviews, didn't like one of your matches, doesn't like the way that you're doing a fucking character or the way you cut a promo or something. And now you hold a bitter grudge against him. Now you want to talk shit and fuck his system and fuck his reviews and fuck what he thinks and all of that. This guy was around writing about professional wrestling while you were still in your fucking underwear, okay? Where you're still running around in diapers, fucking trying to jump off the couch and shit. Seth freaking Rollins grew up in an era where Meltzer was the guy reporting on everything. So for him to come out and just be like, yeah, fuck Meltzer and blah, 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 It can only be construed as sour grapes, in my opinion, at this point. Somewhere along the way, Meltzer rubbed him the wrong way. Um, All of it's subjective to begin with. You know, just because Meltzer doesn't think that something's a five-star match or he thinks something's a seven-star match. Just because he does that kind of shit, it doesn't. It's just one man's opinion. But he's been around long enough. He's been doing it long enough to where, at this point, guys can't get mad at him for doing his job. Guys can get mad at him and take it personally. Um, you know, if he hurts their feelings about something, you know, because he didn't give them a five star match when they thought they should have. But there's no reason to hate the guy because he's doing his job, right? And what's extra funny is because Rollins said this, because Rollins has a fucking hair up his ass about it, Meltzer, to retaliate in his own right, left out a star rating altogether for his match with Cody Rhodes, which in my opinion was a, was probably a four star match. I don't know. I just thought that this was just another fun example of Rollins out there talking shit I don't know if this is part of his shtick or if he really feels this way, if he really gets defensive about things like this all the time, people in AEW talking trash, or if this is just part of the shtick, he's just obnoxious Seth freaking Rollins, and when he's out there doing interviews, he's going to hes gonna be abrasive and rub people the wrong way. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe he really does feel a certain kind of way, but he plays it up or, or over-emphasizes uh, things just... For the sake of the show who knows but uh it's always fun to cover rollin's little hot takes on things so plus melzer sliding in his little shot back by not giving his wrestlemania match a star rating i love this kind of shit. welcome to the internet world of professional wrestling well we made it through another week thank you guys for checking out the show thank you for sticking around to the end Thank you for getting a video of mine on YouTube up over 20,000 views. This is fucking huge for me. I'm just a small-time podcaster yelling at a microphone in my basement. I had no idea that there would be 20,000 fucking people that would hear my voice. I'm super humbled. I appreciate all of you if you're listening now and you came to me from that clip it was a clip from last week's show with Ric Flair and Mark Madden. Had no idea it would blow up the way it did. But, uh, I mean, I got to tell you, 20,000 views might not sound like a lot compared to other YouTubers that you might watch or listen to. But 20,000 views is fucking huge for me. A uh, huge, huge, huge uh, win for me and just really humbled me. So I appreciate it. Uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. You know, I'm just going to keep doing the podcast the way I've always done it. Uh, Just bringing you clips from all the best highlights of the pro wrestling interviews and podcasts of the week. And hopefully there's more. Hopefully this is a sign that things are going to start to take off. Hopefully you guys are along for the ride with me. Um, But even if not, it was just a one-off anomaly. I just, I can't thank everybody enough for uh, bringing that into my life. And uh, it just gives me more motivation to keep doing what I'm doing and bring you the best content that I can. Keep improving, keep bettering myself each and every week. Got a few plugs to throw out there before I sign off here want everybody to please follow me on social media. It's going to be at Seth Grimes Media across the board. So whatever you're on, if it's TikTok, if it's Twitter, if it's Facebook, wherever that you are that you want to see me, follow me, listen to more, check out clips, all of that good shit. Uh, just see me post random bullshit. Uh, yesterday I posted about a peanut butter sandwich, so... Uh, If you like things like that, follow me at Seth Grimes Media. I would very much appreciate it. You can also check out the full podcast, both on the podcast feed or on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, Clips are also going to be on YouTube and Rumble. We have pro wrestling inspired NFTs. You can go to CryptomaniaNFT.com to check out the Pro Wrestling Inspired NFT project we got going on over there. Uh, we do have another project that is different from the one that's out right now, but also still Pro Wrestling Inspired. Dropping very soon, so stay posted all that if you're into NFTs and shit. If you're not, then fuck it, right? Who cares? That's all I got for you today. Again, thank you for hanging around peace love and pizza I'm your host Seth Grimes and this has been the Pro Wrestling Podcast
5: Podcast
0: it's gonna hurt my voice now I'm gonna have to go drink some like honey tea god damn it